Welcome back, everyone, and welcome out to all those new listeners. I'm Chris. And I'm Katie. We are obviously the beard. And the babe. Um, We've got some big news this week, everyone. We've officially become a part of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. I've been a part of Belly Up Sports family since 2019. Um, Always wanted to be on the podcast side, just never knew how to do it, but now I get to do that with my wife this take this adventure on and i'm super excited so that makes it a little better i'm excited to be here yep and so with that being said though we've got some things to talk about this week again um of course we've got to talk about the street course race that we watched on sunday um we've got an upcoming race this weekend at atlanta so hometown atlanta yep we've got to all talk about atlanta and since you know since we're going to be in town with nascar might as well talk about those hometown braves yes and uh the recent streak they're on plus uh your segment we're going to talk about the struggles of not being too much of a helicopter parent would you say yes okay. and my anxiety really okay yeah so i think it's uh it's really going to be a good one um so let's get this started all righty so how you feeling what you thinking uh, I mean, I think it would, um, you know, for the very first race in history of the sport, I think uh, it depends on how you're looking at it. I think it accomplished what it was intended in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, could it have been better? Yes, but you can't really fully plan on Mother Nature. And when you're an outside sport like NASCAR, I think that kind of happens. Um it was just horrible luck, in my opinion, for all the extra festivities to be rained out. It was. Not to mention, you know, the Xfinity race having to be called two laps short of being official. Um, do I think maybe the communication between the city of Chicago and NASCAR about weather-related safety rules could have been different? Because in NASCAR, it's only a 30-minute lightning delay. The city of Chicago has a 90-minute delay. And I feel like that's something that should have been communicated better. Um, yes, but at the same time, who knows, it could have been, and we're not really going to hear that, in my opinion. It just, it really stunk for me seeing the cancellations of all the outside stuff, because I know the attraction. Right. The concerts. There were so many concerts going on, I'm sure. Those events could have brought in so much more potential fan traffic for NASCAR. Um, I'm glad... The cup race got to be ran, obviously, because that was that was super cool. I thought the on-track product was amazing. Yes, I really was not intending to have an exciting race, and it turned out to be pretty good, I'm going to say. I had fun watching, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they the battles started early, and they were often, especially up front for the lead. You've seen um, Tyler Reddick and Denny Hamlin go at it. From, like, the beginning of the race. Yes. For that. And and I thought that was super cool. But, I mean, another thing, too, is you have to look at the reach that this event had. Yes. Um, You know, within motorsports and just in general in the city of Chicago, um, they had the block party with Bubba Wallace and McDonald's. Which I found awesome. Yeah, I mean, you you even Way to invest in the city, my guys. Yes, and I think that's the point. You have to invest in the city. The city is um, integral about this with the street course racing and stuff. But Steve O'Donnell, you know, the competition man, the big guy who makes all the decisions for NASCAR, said after the race he feels like they could take this product anywhere, even internationally. So, I mean, 
It's big decisions. Let's, I mean, it's big potential. Yeah, I think it, I think it's crazy. Um, definitely though, I think the reach it had was amazing. Um, for sure. You had a V8 Supercar team Twitter page tweeting about their guy winning. You know, I mean, you don't. Those are tweets that I wouldn't have seen on my for you page before, but I got to see those and interact with those now because of NASCAR. Um, Pat McAfee was even tweeting about NASCAR on the street courses of Chicago. Wow. I'm sorry, but if they're on the oval at Chicagoland, you're not getting that. Right. There's not that type of interest there. So I think um, it definitely accomplished showing way more people about the sport this weekend. Um, I also seen these stats I thought that you would actually get a kick out of um, with the TV stats. Um, So let me show this to you. Um, so I wanted to, while you looked that up, uh, you brought up the battle between Reddick and Denny at the very beginning. I found that to be a wonderful way to have started that street course race. You know, it really sucked that Denny slid into the barrier and yeah, I think he was just more lost that position. But yeah, Reddick kept up. He kept up for a while trying to keep that first position. Yeah. And I'll hand him that. He fought for it. Yeah. he. I mean, he's a competitive driver. I like Tyler. I've always liked watching Tyler race. Very competitive guy. So. And he's super likable. He's super quiet. Um, I don't think he really tries to get in anybody's way. Yeah. No. I think he just he's there to win races. Um, but, yeah, like you said, I think Denny just, he was pushing. A little hard, but you've seen that the whole race after that. There was so, it was so awesome to me, though, just yeah. to see that pushing, the battles. The, it was interesting enough for me. Yeah, and I mean, so the, because, to give you I mean, a, For me, it was like seeing battles between people you would not normally see battles between. Yeah, and I think that's the, the, the attraction more so than anything with the street courses is you're wanting to give those outside motorsports racers a chance to come in especially those street course guys that do the street course racing for a living right they can come and show what they're made of but yeah those tv stats really quick i wanted to touch on this because i thought this was super cool um it was the most watched nascar cup series race on nbc in six years since indianapolis in 2017 and nbc sports eighth most watch raced under its current agree um streaming rights agreement oh wow it was also the most watched nascar cup series race on any network since the daytona 500 um projected to be the most watched sporting event of the weekend and it was up 144 percent versus nbc sports second cup series race of the 2022 season oh wow yeah so it was also again the most streamed NASCAR Cup Series race in NBC Sports history mm. with 163,500 viewers across Peacock and all of their other digital platforms. That's awesome. So the numbers alone were there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't want to hear the negative um, about it. I don't feel like, yeah, I do feel like maybe there is some questions right now with the support that Chicago's got um, with the city backing NASCAR because originally when we signed the deal with the city of Chicago, we signed a three-year deal. NASCAR did. Mm-hmm. Well, in that time span, the city of Chicago has got a new mayor and the new mayor has, you know, been open about saying he's not sure whether or not he wants NASCAR back. So yeah, that kind of sucks 
to to hear that. But I think from a NASCAR perspective, lose even if you do lose that support from the city and you take it somewhere else, you accomplished what you wanted to this weekend. You had the showing, you had the reach. Yeah, I mean, there's potential for having a road course in any city, I'm yeah. sure. I mean... You could do them in Miami, like Formula One does them in Miami. Um, IndyCar does them in different towns like Nashville. Mm-hmm. You could, you could, yeah, realistically take this anywhere right? and it'd be successful so but in a way i do kind of understand the mayor's idea was like it is kind of a big hassle because you are racing on the streets of chicago they need those for the city to work yeah but at the same time not so, like i understand the struggle but like yeah. i did say like there's potential for doing that anywhere else. Yeah, but NBC did such a good job. They like, in my opinion, I've never been to the city of Chicago. No, just watching that NBC's broadcast gave so much, you know, good viewership of that city to where like, okay, I would really like to go watch a sporting event there. Like if NASCAR was to, you know, do it again and they get to, I would love <clears throat> to go. That would be awesome. Seeing our NASCAR guys go over and pitch for the cubs yeah yeah you got to see the um 2311 guys go pitch throw the first pitch out that was fun for me i mean yeah they had a reach that i thought was awesome Um, not saying that i've not ever thought about going to wrigley field but that makes me want to go more because it 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 looks like more of a fun atmosphere yeah wrigley field was um it's an iconic field in baseball so yeah i think that's obviously something um that was cool to see because you know right. i mean like you see nascar drivers throw out first pitches chase has done it at the braves game and stuff but i just find it fun just like yeah it was a way to really get out into the the community yeah no absolutely I it definitely. was a good way to reach out to that community specifically yeah and i've seen so many things to the people that are they're wanting to talk about how bad of a look it was for nascar for an outsider um, like SVG to come in, but I um, it's been done before. There was a guy um, when I was younger watching the sport. His name was Marcus Sambros. He um, raced the number nine car for Richard Petty Motorsports, and he raced a few other cars. You probably heard his name a few times during the broadcast. There is something called a buy-in as well. Um, so it's not that they're just letting them do this. Oh, yeah. He put his own money into it yeah, as he, well. Yeah, I mean, well, t- shout out to Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing for that, because that Project 91 team is freaking awesome. I so love seeing that stuff. I don't want to say that NASCAR just let him in. Yeah, they didn't necessarily but, let him in. But he's also, he's earned his right. He's a supercar champion. He's multiple race wins. I mean, he's, Why does he need an explanation yeah. on, like... He's, he's I have all of these titles behind me. I just want to come race yeah. one race Let me for race. now. Yeah. And... yeah, I definitely think that um, if you're going to bring that up, I think it's dumb. Marcos Ambrose came from that same supercar racing class, and he had success on the road courses and stuff. So it shows it can be done. Don't come at me with that argument. And also it shows that NASCAR is not biased. Yeah, they're, I think NASCAR is definitely, I love where this sport is heading, in my opinion, as a fan. Um, a long time fan. I, I just, I don't know how you could think that. Yes, the weather was a negative. Yeah, but you can't control that. No, you know that that stinks, and I hated to see that as a fan and someone who loves the sport. But you can't plan on that. No, we've been to races before and gotten rained oh out. We gosh. had to wait till Monday. 
Um, Bristol was the worst. Yeah, it's just it's part of it when you're a NASCAR fan. I feel like you have if you don't expect a weather delay when you're not ex- you know when when at the least possible wanted time, then I don't know where you've been the last five years because I swear the city of Chicago had like record rainfalls this weekend. <laughs> NASCAR comes to town, and I swear your drought's gone. It's going <laughs> to rain for days, I feel like, anymore as a NASCAR fan. Um, but what about you? Um, <clears throat> what are your thoughts? I know you, this was a, this is the second race you maybe really paid attention to since we're doing the whole show thing. And well, how do you feel about it? Anything you want to talk about specifically? Well, I, like I said, we've already covered Reddick and Denny's battle. Like I said, that was... There was other battles that you saw going on that you wouldn't normally see, like Corey LaJoy and Alex Bowman. Yeah. So, like... I don't think that's necessarily... I don't think that's necessarily going to be a big thing. Yeah. But let's keep an eye on those two, because they were... they Have they been running around the same... Yeah, they've been in that area all year. They've been right around each other. So, you never know. Something could start brewing. Yeah, and they're fighting for a playoff bubble position. So, I mean, aggression is key right now you've only got a few races left till the playoffs um so yeah i can definitely understand what you're saying there um larson suarez and truex i really love seeing those three battle against each other for their positions yeah there for were, a little bit there was a lot of good racing a lot of there good was. racing throughout the field it wasn't just like even once the leader got sorted out you could go through the field and watch them battle for like third, fourth, and fifth. Like right. I think those That's guys what I'm were. saying is there were there was yeah. so much more going on than you would really yeah. expect there to be. Especially on a narrow course like that. But I guess that's kind of what happens when you get all this rain and then you go from having one expectation of having this dry, nice, not they, warm and, racetrack. Yeah, well, and they you expected, go out. They even, Dell Jr. even said on Friday um, during qualifying that. The sim wasn't even didn't even prepare those guys for the amount of grip that the track had. The right. track had more grip than expected. So to go in on Friday and practice and qualify with your track already showing that it has more grip than you expected, and then for to watch it rain all day the next day, and then pretty much a majority of race day. Exactly. So think about how much that really went into how they were. I think it was awesome. Um, I I don't I don't really you know, want to hear any arguments about it. Nope. I have no arguments yeah. about it. And that's the thing is I really enjoyed seeing this aggressive this race. fight. Yeah. Because they went from having this perfect condition racetrack and got used to the entirety of the grip it had. Yeah. <laughs> and lost it. Yeah. There for the there for a little while. Well, that goes again. Like I said, um, for the like for nature, yeah, I understand that. But that's what I'm saying is they ex they were expecting to get this nice warm racetrack, yeah, and then it rained them out almost. <clears throat> yeah, I just I think they um I honestly thought it was going to be a lot more follow the leader type of tra- like race. God. Um, but they were able just to about pass like every and, road yeah. course that they do. It's normally just a follow the leader. It's get. strategy. Pl- who p- plays pit strategy better? Blah blah blah. Exactly. Blah. Yeah. No, there were a lot of good hard racing. Um, and then now, like, I understand there were only seventy five laps, but that's what made the race in my opinion. If you have a racetrack that long, yes, I think it was supposed to be what one hundred twenty. Yeah, no, it was a hundred. They had hundred. Yeah, they had it at a hundred and shortened it during daylight. Either way, even at a hundred, yeah, that length 
for that amount of laps was a great battle. Well, I think um, a lot of people, too, are contemplating, like, why why announce it that you're shortening it when you shorten it? Um, because that allowed a lot of pit strategy. Now, did it ultimately affect the race? Uh, no, because SVG had to pit when that announcement came out. Well, and then I'm he not... was able to drive back through the field. Yes, SVG was. Well, Kyle Larson did. There were a few drivers that were able to drive back up through the field. So I don't think that it necessarily matters. My thing is, I will... Um, Justin Haley, I don't care if it was pit strategy or not. The guy was wrapping the car himself on Saturday because it had been wrecked. He had to start from the back of the field. 37th is where he started. I understand. And he drove to second and was battling. He just, I mean, he didn't have... But would he have gotten to second if it wasn't for... The pit strategy? The pit strategy. Maybe not. But who knows, you know? If it wasn't for the pit strategy and the way that they shortened the race and then, not to mention the backup that happened when Harvick spun around. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting. There's a lot of stuff with that, too. I've seen um... Now, yeah. I'm not saying it wasn't funny. Yeah. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. I mean, it, but a lot of people were expecting you, that. You lost all of those leader cars in that pit strategy. Yeah, because... But they would have worked their way back up because those were your faster cars. Yeah, ultimately, I just think it took a lot more precision than those guys were expecting, um, knowing how to essentially handle a street course, um, and that's where experience came into play for SVG. I thought um, he showed you when – he did it respectfully, though. You didn't see the camera on him where he had sent someone off into a tire barrier. Right. No, he, just, he was he, – he just – aggressively in and out yeah it he was like on the highway it. it was amazing to it watch. was like he was driving down highway 75 yeah i mean <laughs> it was an amazing show to watch the thing is though i i was so impressed with that i mean that was just but what i wanted to point out was something that um they brought up in qualifying was they had cameras on svg's feet the entire time right yeah so that was a cool thing to see him be able to just it didn't it didn't look like he was putting a whole lot of effort into shifting up and down through the gears and it didn't look like he was fighting for this race at all yeah well i mean i i think it was really neat the big talk with his feet was he was using the clutch to um help the balance of the car so you'd watch a lot he'd push the clutch in when he was braking and with the modern transmission, you probably heard this a lot again on the broadcast, you're not required to use the clutch to shift with the modern transmission. You can use purely, you know, just the RPMs and the acceleration. Right. But he was so technical with it and almost assassin-like with how he handled it. Now, I want to be specific. I want to say that, like, even though you don't have to, I was taught that that's how you were supposed to drive a manual. Well, yeah, but the thing is, too. But with the, I guess with that acceleration, you yeah, just don't. Everybody's taught you're going to miss manual. that. Yeah, everybody's so. taught when you know when you drive a manual transmission to use the clutch to shift, especially in cars. But you don't have to. I've watched my dad speed shift in his truck before when I was a kid. Now I don't think I've ever remember seeing my dad speed shift, but I. 
yeah. there's no telling. I mean, so. it happens. I mean, but I think the big, you know, thing that I thought was cool was the fact that um, this man came in and was the first time, a first time winner, first ever on the first ever street course. And a first His career first win. first start yeah. in NASCAR ever. Yeah, not to, I mean, yeah, he had to pit, drive his way back up through the field, which there's a super cool tweet I'll have to look up and show you later um, of his in-car camera and mm-hmm. his drive back through the field. From that perspective, I watched it earlier. Not to mention that, um, he, he battled the radio problems. He did have a radio problem. I yeah. remember that. it was His team was, like, I couldn't remember, they said, like, the radio was almost stuck open. So the team was mm-hmm. ha- hearing every shift, everything. And that's yeah. not normal. No. So, I mean, that, I just thought it was cool. He he jumped in that car and he got after it with not only, not only with it being a different car and the nuances of a different car, it's got a different shift pattern than what he's used to in his supercars. The steering wheel's on the complete opposite side. Exactly. Like, all of that, like... I just, I thought it was And he was able to adapt just so quickly to it. And that's what I found so impressive. Yeah, I want to see, I want to see more motorsports related champions in a car like that. And I want to see, I want them to just come in and have that experience with NASCAR. Now, there is one big obvious thing I want to point out. Okay. That infamous turn six. Must really love that Baconator. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Baconator. Like, <laughs> everybody oh, loves that Baconator. Like, like, like <laughs> said on Twitter, everybody loves Baconator. You can't you can't hate on a Baconator. Um, but it wasn't just Gragson. I mean, there, I was were, just, there were several people yeah. to I've seen Reddit get out. into it. True Reddit X. got into it several times as well. Eric Jones. There were a bunch of people. Um, I think the problem with it is they are aggressive drivers. And they had never been on this track. They didn't have no data for this. They didn't have no idea. But, and they just were pushing harder and harder each lap. I understand that. I think it was just their aggression coming out at the wrong times. And the cars not being able to handle it. Exactly. But, I mean, I just want to say that that turn six yes. really must have loved his Baconator. Everybody loves a Baconator. I'm a Baconator fan. Um, I think it was really cool. All right. And then... Um... Christopher Bell, he led for a while, and he had the first two stage wins. Yeah. And then he finished in... Well, that falls back, I feel like, again, into the, <laughs> the turn six problem. Um, you got back in the back of that pack. I mean, Martin Truex kind of fell victim to it, too. They got put back there due to pit strategy, and once they got put back there, they were pushing so hard that they just lost it. They were pushing harder to get back to the fronts to the point where they were bordering wrecking and most of the time did wreck. Um, so I think it again fell back into the, just the aggression that was caught coming out on that street course between these, you know, the, the steering wheel and the pavement. These guys were wanting to win this race. They wanted to be the first ever winner and get back up there and wanted up putting themselves in a the tire barrier. I mean, I guess it happens. I just, it was it was quite an, an interesting race for me. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I'm I was very thrilled with what I seen. Um, what's funny to me is you're gonna see them these guys go from a street course technical 
breaking to Atlanta this weekend, and they're probably going to run wide open the whole way around that track, bumping and, you know, just going at it each and every lap, two and three wide. So, like, right. you're going to see some skill come out of these drivers. I don't, I don't care <clears throat> that, you know, yeah, they lost to an outsider last week at Chicago on the street course. That's not going to hurt their feelings. No. It was a street course. It was their first time, too. Yeah, I think, you know, it's, I think the best thing about it is just you get to see the dynamics of motorsports. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I'm glad that they did it. I hope to see more. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. All right. So how are you feeling about Atlanta? Atlanta? Atlanta is going to be fun. Atlanta is meant to be fun, and I think that's what they wanted with their reconfiguration. They high-banked it and made it race like Talladega and Daytona. So you're going to have, like I said, two, three wide racing, bump drafting, wrecks. This will be a fun one, too. Yeah, it's going to be a good race um, if your driver can survive the chaos and keep his car clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be – that's going to be – I think this is the question with any of these tracks, like Daytona, Talladega. you got to keep your car clean and out of trouble and be around at the end. Um, All right. I think that's definitely the best thing. Um about it though is the competitiveness gets to come out with aggression as well so that'll be fun um but you know up next we're gonna let the babe take over the show she's got some good stuff to talk about and discuss we're gonna go over a few different things but right now we've got a awesome um ad read for one of our belly up sponsors so we'll be right back after that are you looking for a hemp-based nicotine and tobacco-free modern dip alternative Then head on over to Canadips.com with our code BELLYUP20 in all caps for 20% off your purchase. They have all kinds of flavors to choose from. All right, everyone. So we're back and it's time for the babe segment. This is where I take a step back and become the co-host more so than the host and let her take the reins. Um, She's got some good stuff to talk about with us this week. I'm excited. I love this part of the show and seeing what she has to say. Um, This is where... um... Even though we are married, our co-parenting comes in handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love to hear what you have to say. This is this is my one of my favorite parts of the show. Um, so something I'm having a lot of issues with is Tucker, our youngest. He's very fragile. He is five months old mm-hmm. as of tomorrow. Um, I'm having issues with Christopher and Elliot not being more cautious around him and his fragileness. So I guess what I'm having issues with is I'm having issues with not being the helicopter parent. That's also my baby and mama bear is kicking in. And yes, those are my other babies, but my babies are potentially hurting my baby baby. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this right now. Well, I mean, I think you're walking a difficult line. You've got three kids. Um, You've had to raise them each a little different. I think we've talked about it before. Um, Christopher kind of grew up with us. Elliot, we were a little more prepared parents. Um, And now with Tucker, you know, we kind of know what we're looking for, what we're to keep from happening, everything. You know, we're definitely probably the (laughs) most prepared. There were things that yeah. were accidents that the boys had that we were trying to prevent. prevent. Yeah, even though, you know, they're their big brother. You know, that's their, that's Tucker's big brothers. They want to always And I understand you can't always prevent accidents, but he's just so little. Well, yeah, and they're he's... so big. And that it's just the fact that 
they're so mindless with their knees and their feet all around his head. Yeah, they don't think, more or less. And I don't think you can hold that against them. And I know we don't, but they're not considered enough because they haven't been taught that. You know what I mean? They're they're still kids. They're little boys of all things. They're reckless little boys. You know, they go into something head first and take the punishment after more so than anything. Um, it's just not a punishment I can handle giving out because I feel like I'm going to overreact if it happens. Yeah, and I think um, if it happens, it happens the way we've talked before, you know. How you react in a moment doesn't define you necessarily in a parent. It's how you handle how you reacted in that moment, if it wasn't the right way. Um, it's how I feel anyway anymore. Right. Because no parent's perfect. And I don't ever strive to be perfect. I just, I don't, uh, after having Elliot with his developmental issues, and not knowing what caused it, I guess I'm just so overprotective of Tucker right now. Yeah, you don't want to, you, you feel like you don't, since you don't know what happened because he was on pace and he just took a fall off and, you know, degressed more so. Right. You, you don't, you want to prevent that from happening I with do. this one. That's understandable. That was tough. That was tough to see. It's tough to happen and deal with. And it's nothing I don't feel like any parent should have to. But I don't think you could have done anything different, honey. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we did the best we could. Um, I know you probably second-guessed that, but I think... I intervened when it was time, and yeah. I am not... I'm, I never... I will never give up on anything like that for my kids. If that... If I... My mother instincts were just kicked in, and nobody could tell me otherwise. Everybody tried to tell me that he was fine. Everybody tried to tell me that he would talk when he was ready to talk. Yep. He was not going to talk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think what you have to work, I think what you got to try to do, especially right now with the anxiety you're having with him around him, I can understand that. Maybe not as intensely as you, because I do the same thing. I see him jumping around, and I'm like, Boys, you need to be careful. Yeah. I understand you just want to play with him and make him laugh and giggle. But you can't play with him like you play with uh, this brother. Exactly. You can't jerk him around and jump around him and If stuff. the age difference wasn't so much, yeah. then it wouldn't be a big deal because the age difference between Christopher and Elliot was perfect. Yeah. But now there's six years between mm -hmm. our oldest and our youngest, and our six-year-old doesn't quite understand how to handle babies. But he's trying, and that's what's important. I think that's what we have to keep he in mind. He is always trying. That that boy is always trying to be better. You have to, yeah. <laughs> you have to keep that in mind. Um, he's trying, and with him, that's, that's what's hard. A lot. Is yeah. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. It feels like some days we take ten steps forward, and then hundred back. Yeah. The next day, it's. Yeah, you start all over again. Where did we go? Yeah, no, I understand, but like I said, I think it it all depends. In all at all times right now, we have to keep that baby safe. Yes, he's delicate. He can't defend himself. You know, I don't think any parent would you know has any quarrels with that. Um, it's just you have to take care of him in the right way with his brothers. Exactly. Being a helicopter parent isn't a bad thing, I don't think, because. Like I said, again, he needs protection at he the does. right times. And you can't risk an accident happening with him being that little. I can't. No, because it, an accident, it could be, you know, depending on what that accident was, 
could be life or death, and nobody wants to have to go through that with their babies. And especially, not necessarily at their fault, but yeah. caused but, by something that could have been prevented. Yeah, it was an accident, more or less. Like I just said, a complete and utter 110% accident. That's the biggest fear um, any parent can have, is an accident taking your child away from you. I, I mean, I I don't know how else that's, to put that. That's, that's where it. my biggest anxiety is right now, though, is just yeah. watching the way he... Well, what do you think? I mean, what do you mm-hmm. think you could do different? Do you want... I mean, I'd love to hear some different perspectives from parents with multiple kids. How did you handle that? There's got to be some other people out there that had such a big age gap difference in their kids, you know? Oh, I want to know sure, how they but... handled, you know, that... And it's not, it's not that I can't figure it out on my own. It's just... It's nice to hear other people's it is nice, techniques but it's sometimes. True. Yeah, I don't That think goes it's... back into, like, I don't want you to think I'm a bad parent, but, like, I, I am struggling. Yeah, we're, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing that, you know, you're willing to do something like this and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Most people wouldn't be willing to do something like this, honey, so, and talk about their struggles as parents and their issues back and forth. I feel like what you're doing is awesome, and I, I love it. I love hearing you talk, and I love doing this. This is really fun for me. I appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now we've had the we've had the serious talk. Are we gonna go back into some more fun topics? For yeah, a second? come on. Or Let's do you wanna, talk about something else. Or do you want to keep you know <laughs> with the serious tone for a second? Because we could keep the serious tone going for just a second. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I'm actually gonna keep the the reins on this the show now for a second. Um, I want to take control back of it. I want to keep, uh, let's keep on this serious tone. You're in a discussive mood and I kind of like it. Um, I can read your tone and it's, it's, okay. it's, you Here know. Here we go. Here we go. Um, so we, we, we told everyone we're avid Bulldogs fans. It's kind of obvious. You walk out, walk into the front porch section of our house. You see our Prince family Bulldog, you know, wood carving out there in the Bulldog parking only signs. You know, we're, we're avid Bulldog fans. We don't hide it. Um, I brought something to your attention the other day that UGA football or UGA athletics, however you want to handle it, kind of um, had some quarrels with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution released an article, and they talked about some recruits um, that were investigated for alleged sexual assault, um, a sexual assault charges that were filed against some people, and then I just want to know more or less, like, what is your feeling on that well, as a female Bulldog fan? Right and, now, I want to focus on the word alleged. It's a good way to start. Alleged. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. These people have... these. Let's, let's mention these kids. Now, does that make it right? No. No, but no, no. But they're still young no, and dumb. Okay, I'm not saying that yeah. anything in this... Yeah, exactly. ...general whatever, is okay. This is not okay. Right. And I want to put that out there. It's alleged. Absolutely. So that's where we have to start. Yes. Okay, what UGA said is they take this under very serious consideration when going into their recruits. and. Yeah, so I'll read off to you really quick because I just happen to have it still pulled up here. Um, the Georgia football program provided a statement to the AJC noting its coaches suspend players who face any credible allegations of sexual violence or assault during the investigation process. 
The University of Georgia and Athletic, this is the official quote, the University of Georgia and Athletic Association consider any allegations of sexual assault or domestic abuse to be a very serious matter, and we take swift and appropriate action in response to allegations when warranted by law enforcement or internal investigations. Um, the statement continued to say provided to the AJC, this policy is applied universally across our university communities to students, student athletes, staff, and personnel. Student athletes are subject to the exact same disciplinary process as other students, and in addition, face further athletic program disciplinary measures, which can include suspension and dismissal from the team. So it goes on to say that these these specific ones, nothing was done about. So they they think that. Listen, I don't think that it's a fight that we as fans should get into. I don't think it is either. I just want to know more or less, how do you feel reading something like that as a avid female part of the fan base? Does it make you, like, wonder what's going on in a sense? Or is it one of those things where you're like, hey, I feel like my coach and my team and my school have done their due diligence, they're doing their research, and they're, you know, investigations well i'm gonna put it out there that as a female yeah. in this world it's, it's scary yeah i can't imagine and unfortunately um men are your i don't want to i don't want to say sometimes anyway. I, no okay i don't want to say high-handed men yeah but i get where you're some going. men okay. do have a tendency to be rather aggressive, aggressive okay i can get that it needs to be toned back. It needs to start with the men. Absolutely. Yeah. It shouldn't be about women. It okay. should be about the men. Right. Why why isn't anything being done about this? Yeah, no, I can and I can agree with because you. Because we that. are innocent parties. Right. I can agree with you on that. Okay, though. but I am saying it kind of makes me like, well, if I was a student or Does anybody, it make you look at what I more or less I think am asking, because I know I've sounded kind of convoluted. Does it make you look at the coaching staff and the school any differently reading this stuff? Because it's not something that I wouldn't say hasn't been put out there before, but it's now it's being brought more into the light with someone like the AJC handling it. Um, does it make you question some character maybe? Or yes. are you still um, on board? Like, I, f I feel very strongly backing the coaching staff in the school, but I'm also a man. I feel like, but my reasoning behind backing them is not so much because of that. It's, I feel like they would do their due diligence before providing any ill spotlight on the university. I don't feel like but Kirby also Smart's going to go in and just because this kid's super talented, let him get away with sexual assault. No, on okay, I do say that about Kirby Smart. He's not going to let any bullshit go down on his team. Yeah. And he, if you do not know that about Kirby Smart, you better put that through your head right now. He does not put up with bullshit. Yeah, I think he's a no-nonsense type of coach, and I respect that. I just don't want this to come out ill-willy um, and give him an – I don't necessarily think he, – he, he doesn't have to give a shit if he doesn't want to. But I'm going to defend my coach for a second because – I think this – yeah. This particular coach in this particular school yeah. has done their due diligence has the done right his way. Done, has done his due diligence. Yeah, they do things. I feel like they're handling ways, things that arise the most professional way possible. Wouldn't you? I would say so. Okay. I, 
Yeah. So you don't question your your coach's character as much. I don't think I would qu- or question question Kirby's character. You no. wouldn't question the coaching staff. If you were to question anybody, who would it be amongst the school? Would it be like internal investigations or you know? Could be anybody. You think anybody could? I get where you're going. You feel like anybody could conspire against someone to for the betterment of the university. You you know I get where you're going. Okay. I they don't could know. be like, let's bury this. Let's bury it because the university's on a roll right now with all their success. And let's not bring it to thought. Yeah, but I think you could but look at it. Yes, now that Atlanta Journal Constitution is doing something about it, and they're saying more about it. Yeah. I have. I would. I would want to see the evidence behind it before I could say that they are doing their due diligence. We'll see. What I was going to say was, um, and now we're we're just speaking. We're free. This is just yeah. opinions. Yeah, guys. We're, we're, this yeah. is nothing. We you don't have take facts seriously. other than that. We don't have any facts. I just want to say that other than that official statement I read off from the you know the source. That's the only official statement I've read. I'm just saying I wanted to you know when you just hear this outright, you know for the first time. It's kind of like, oh, what? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, it, it kind of makes you question. Yeah, but then my thought was, I can see what you're saying. Conspire, hide, you know, to for the betterment of a university, even though it's not great to do that. My thing is, I could go a completely opposite way to defend them and say, okay, but I'm going to go with, they did their work. They researched it. They hired a prof- you know, professional investigator to do everything they could. Right. And everything, every ounce of effort was put into it. And that's why that kid is still on the team. Because I feel like the coach and the coaching staff has that much character and that much say-so to where even if someone that was higher up in the university mm. wanted to cover it up, they wouldn't let that happen. Right. Now, I can say that when it happened to... Um... What's his name? Um, when the two um, were killed, they didn't put that behind anything. So they they actually yeah yeah when Jalen yeah when Jalen when Jalen Carter's stuff came out after the um, championship game the silver yeah they were all in front of that yeah that, or Georgia was so, so I don't see why Georgia would handle that would any handle differently. anything any yeah. sexual assault. I think we're in agreement yeah. on that. Honestly. I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, I see why they wouldn't, right? Because it could, but I want to. I want to believe in the better judgment of our team and yeah. their leaders. Okay, I, I think we're in agreement on that. I don't think there's any disagreements with me and you on that, right? Um, I feel like the team has definitely done their work, so I don't think this is a question anymore. You need to. This shit needs to be put to bed mm-hmm. before football season. I don't want to hear any more about it after football season because. If this is something that can last in the football season, then maybe there's some momentum behind it or reason that it's lasting this long as being a relatively, you know, relative news story or news headline. But I want it to be over by football season as a fan because my my care is that our team has as least amount of distractions as possible so they can go out and hopefully three-peat this year because three-peating would be freaking amazing. Just saying, I'm going to speak it into an existence, you know. I want the Georgia Bulldogs football team to win their third national championship in a row. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I promise you on that. Yeah. But if it does happen to last into football season, it's definitely something worth looking into. Because if these allegations are standing that long, long, then what's causing it? 
Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I just I, I think that's the easiest way to handle it. Um, but let's let's talk about another Georgia team. Something you know, like I said, we talked on it before. I'm a fair weather fan, but I'm still a fan nonetheless. Um, the Braves, the Atlanta freaking Braves, have sent eight guys to the All Star game. There and and I just want to t- talk on this. I seen this this morning. The Atlanta Braves have 40 steals as a team, stolen bases as a team, um, before the All-Star break. That's incredible. They are on a tear right now. They are. Um, I love watching those Georgia boys, or those Braves just... Yeah. I love it. They're This team seems like they're having a lot of fun from the highlights and stuff I've seen, um... So I'm excited. I hope to see them in the playoffs. I hope this momentum keeps on for as long as they can keep it on. But I know that, you know, realistically, it's Major League Baseball. Um, It's baseball in general. So, Um, but nonetheless, still excited, even as a Fairweather Braves fan. Um, But anything else, babe, you want to say before we wrap this up? No, I think we've talked about just about everything. All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up with some quick um, no-nonsense picks for the Atlanta race. Who do you got? Ooh. Knowing nothing right now, no qualifying, no practice. What do you know got? Who do nothing. you got? Ooh, I'm going to go. Let's go with a, a different one this week. I'm going to give it to Larson this week. Larson. Ooh, that's an interesting one. He's not really good at these type of tracks, but he's... I he's mean, been he's, known to pull it off. He's Kyle Larson. Anything can happen. I am going to go um, in the same teammate class, and I'm actually going to go with Alex Bowman. Winning at Atlanta. I think he's going to um, keep his car clean enough the longest and maybe even be around at the end. And maybe shocks people. We'll see. I'm excited. All right. Maybe well, that's a good race for me. Hometown racing for me. Yeah, absolutely. We love it. Um, you know, but everyone, of course, as always, go give us a subscribe on all of our podcast platforms. That way you get notified when we come out with new episodes with all this BS we like to talk about. Um, and of course, give us any more BS to talk about. Yeah, give us more. Absolutely. Feel free. I mean, if you want to talk or come on the show and talk, we'd love to have guests. We can set something up. It's hard right now because we have all uh, our oldest boys home from summer vacation. But here, school starts back soon, so we'll have some time during the days. Um, yeah, if you're wondering, what ha- where, where's our kids while we record this? We happen to record at night. Right? Yeah, we record at night. So. All three kids to bed. We get lucky video. enough. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is our adult time. This is time we spend together, but... Of course, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're gonna threads. we're gonna get on Threads eventually, you know. Um, of course, and then again that Canadips Belly Up code Belly Up twenty for twenty percent off your order. Go take advantage of that. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.